The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to John and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey. And this is what he proclaimed. One Mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and to loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. You may be seated. Well, there's no Mary and Joseph, no baby Jesus with swaddling clothes, there's no angels, no shepherds. There's just this John the Baptist character in the wilderness of Judea. Really looking odd, he, he wears camel skin around him and he eats grasshoppers and wild honey. And he's preaching. Now, could you imagine if I showed up dressed like that? You think that I'm whacked. I mean, you know, what's wrong with him? That, but you know, that's how, that's how Mark begins his gospel. There's no infancy narratives of how Jesus was born, what happened in his early life, nothing. All of a sudden, it's John appears on the scene in the wilderness. And he's the voice crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. Well, like the Jews of John's day, this was startling. This wasn't the beginning that they thought, nor would we at this Christmas time? But as you think about it, the way John begins his gospel is right where God intersects our lives today. With a voice crying out in the wilderness of a world that honestly, brothers and sisters, is becoming increasingly confused and dark. I mean, would you agree with me? I mean, I think of when I began my ministry here 38 years ago at Trinity, 1986. And if you would tell me that things going on today would be happening today back then, I was right. 
I wouldn't believe it. Would you? But look at what is going on. There's hatred. There's darkness. People don't even know, am I a man or if I'm a woman? They don't, they don't understand what marriage is. They don't understand what being a human being is anymore. What is life and what is death? Look at that all around. All the questions. The growing tension. Division. God intersects our lives, and that's what the season of Advent is all about. It is about a voice crying out in the wilderness calling us to prepare, not for Christmas, but for the day of judgment. For the return of our Lord in glory. At every Mass we confess that Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. That He is coming again. And if you listen as we pray the Eucharistic liturgy, notice, just notice how many times the second coming of Christ is mentioned in there and how we pray for it. John the Baptist and his ministry is absolutely vital to understand Jesus and to understand the ministry of the gospel, which is the good news. Every gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all have John the Baptist as the forerunner of Jesus, crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare to meet God. How do you prepare to meet God? Well, as John taught the people, and as the church has continued to teach people, it begins with repentance. Repentance is one of those church words that you don't really hear much about in society. So I think, you know, what, you know what repentance is? In a culture like ours, it's a diagnosis, all right? You know, we have medical diagnoses of what's going on in our bodies, we have checkups, you know, yearly. You wait for the phone call, you wait for the test. You know, that's exactly what repentance basically is. It's, the, it's a diagnostic tool of the Word of God to examine our lives, especially in light of the Ten Commandments. I mean, and the question then comes as you diagnose your life, is, is my life really going in the right direction? Am I living a life that if the spotlight was on it and all of a sudden I'm standing before the Lord... I wouldn't be ashamed. Think about it. Because Peter says that day is going to come and everything is going to be exposed. Is your family going in the right direction? Priorities, values, goals? Are you ready to meet God? With voice... And the waters of the Jordan for baptism, John was preparing the people of his time for the greatest revelation in the history of humanity. When the rabbi from Nazareth would step into the waters and would be baptized by his cousin John to fulfill all righteousness, to take upon himself our sin, and to wash our lives bathed in his blood from the cross. 
From that moment on, everyone who would receive him into their hearts as Lord and Savior of their lives would be changed forever. John the Baptist's ministry is so important because it actually describes the ministry of Christ's church. It is an explanation of the last 150 years of Trinity Lutheran Church and School. Armed with the Word of God and with the holy sacraments of Christ, Trinity's voice has been calling out to men and to women and to children, calling us to repent, to examine our lives, to have faith in Jesus, and to prepare to encounter God. Now, whether you're prepared or not, the Scriptures make it very clear that the day is coming. It is. St. Peter, in his epistle reading for today, has these words to us. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. In other words, uh, oh, listen, I, I know Jesus... I know Jesus is coming next week, so you know, then I'll get ready. No, it doesn't work that way. All right? It's coming at an unexpected time, and the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Whoa. That's a rather sobering, terrifying word, isn't it? I mean, you know what God says? When that happens, your 401 or 403BK uh, retirement funds, they don't mean a damn thing. <laughs> Nothing. Your house, what you work for, what you wear, all the exercise you've done to keep yourself healthy. Bingo. <laughs> if you anchor your lives and the things that are passing away, it'll be wiped out in a moment. You'll find yourself wandering in a parent wilderness. But you see, the wilderness, if you're stripped bare of all this stuff, you become a person in need. And there can be hope that is found in the wilderness. And we, sometimes we don't even know we're wandering in a wilderness. We think everything is fine. But the reality is if you look through the word of God and hear the voice crying out, you realize things. But one of the great things that you realize is that in the wilderness, as the Bible says, is a place of hope. When... Israel left Egypt, and they first came to the wilderness. They thought, what in the world did God do bringing us into this wilderness, this miserable place? No food, no water, but what did God do? He provided for them bread from heaven, manna, water from the rock. He led them from a land of slavery to the hope of the promised land. He taught them one of the most important principles that you and I can ever learn, that we do not live by bread alone, what we stuff into our lives, but we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. 
it was in that wilderness that God judged his people, and sometimes pretty severely, as you know the story. But he also forgave them, and he was merciful and gave grace to his people. My brothers and sisters, the wilderness now is not necessarily a physical location for us. But it is a posture of your heart before God. A heart that if you're honest does need to be healed from scars and disappointments. A heart that can very easily keep grudges and harbor hate. A heart that can really so quickly be broken and filled with anxieties and perhaps even worse, a heart that can deceive yourself and try to fool everyone else you love. Yeah, a heart that hides from God like our ancestors did in the garden. But the voice of the Lord speaks to us in this wilderness that we find ourselves. And if, if you're willing to listen, his word does make us realize, oh my gosh, I have made some wrong choices. I, I really have been foolish. I didn't realize And we have the privilege of falling down. Like the man before Jesus said, be merciful to me, a sinner. How many times, if you're honest, have you anchored yourself and anchored your hope and your life in the things that will ultimately pass away? Our Lord doesn't leave us abandoned to like, oh, brother, look at me and look at what I've done. He doesn't leave us there and throw us to the side of the road. But he speaks a word of hope and forgiveness to us. For God so loved the world that he sent his voice into this world. His word Jesus, who is our good shepherd, who walks with us in the valleys of shadows and death, who is there always with us. There is forgiveness in the one who has come to us as that baby in Bethlehem so long ago, but he comes at every Eucharist to us under the form of bread and wine in the word that is preached and spoken. And he will come again on the last day to be our judge. As St. Peter reminds us, he said, but according to his promise, we are waiting a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since we await these things, be eagerly found without spot or blemish before him at peace, 
find shalom in your hearts. Jesus would say on the night of his betrayal to his disciples, in this world, there's no peace. You won't find peace here. But in me, you will find peace. And that is why, just before we receive the Holy Sacrament, what does the celebrant do? He tells us the peace of the Lord be with you when? Always. Always. Now is the time to welcome Jesus into your hearts. Now is the time to receive him in his forgiveness. That great hymn that we sang at the beginning of our liturgy, on Jordan's bank the Baptist cried. The second verse goes like this. Then cleansed be every life from sin. Make straight the way for God within. And let us all our hearts prepare for Christ to come and enter there. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.